This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name's Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at the One Thing team. Have you ever thought to yourself, I just need more work-life balance? Have you ever worked so hard that you felt like you weren't fulfilled because while work was work, you didn't really have a life outside of what you did professionally? Maybe for you, you have a track record of missing your kids' soccer practices or coming home late to a cold dinner. If you were to fast forward to the end of your life and imagine looking back, do you think you would ever think to yourself, I wish I had just spent five more hours in the office? (laughs) No. For most of us, the things that we will reflect on are the moments that we shared with the people that matter most. In fact, if you think back to your childhood, what are those moments that come to mind that you think of so fondly? For me, it was going to Catalina with my dad when I was probably five or six years old and going fishing or our family going skiing up at Mammoth Lakes in California and having a family race down the mountain. The central theme is that I was with my parents and they were present with me. Do you struggle to strike that counterbalance between building a great career and having a great personal life and great relationships with the people that matter most? Today's episode is a case study of what it looks like to be really clear that family relationships are your one thing and to put them first and build a great business at the same time. With that, let's get into this interview with Robert Fisher. I feel really fortunate because I get the opportunity to work with so many amazing people in our community and our customers and get to be a part of their world. And they trust me with being a part of their goals. And more often than not, almost everyone is focused on health. And at the core of that is diet and eating a balanced diet. But eating this kind of diet, it's a huge time commitment and it's easy to get knocked off track. That's why it's so great to have a solution when you don't have the time to do the prepping and the cooking and the cleanup, but you still wanna eat healthy. That's why we partner with Factor, and Factor is chef-created, dietitian approved meals that are ready to go in just two minutes. With Factor, there's no prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. The variety of different options and meals that they have is really impressive, but go see for yourself. Head to factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150 to get 50% off. That's code 150 at factormeals.com slash 150 to get 50% off. Robert, I'm excited for people to hear this conversation today because I personally know what it's like to put so much focus on your job, building business, acquiring and building your wealth. And it's hard at times to focus on the things that really matter most and to live that counterbalanced life. You're a great example of this. How did this all begin? Man, it's been an an amazing journey. And it's interesting. If you were to kind of go back several years, um, it was actually, it was my goal to be a millionaire before I was 30. 
and I was going to go boomer bust doing it. And I was doing everything. So I was, I bought a restaurant franchise. I bought some uh, rental properties. I had my own marketing company. I was investing in the stock market. And it was funny, like at that time, I thought I knew everything and I was, you know, kind of arrogant. And, um, Again, my goal was to push and be a millionaire before I was 30. And I actually ended up losing everything and going bankrupt. So go into that a little bit. How do you... Did you end up hitting your goal, first and foremost, of being a millionaire by 30? <laughs> no, definitely lost everything. Though it was the best thing in the world that happened to me, actually, because um, God showed up beforehand and... It was one of the hardest things in the world for a guy who put all of his worth in his works to just lose everything. In the midst of that, I met my future wife, and I had to go and tell her that not only did I have nothing, I had less than nothing. And so I was talking with her, went through this, and her attitude just came back to me and said, nope, you know, we could, we could make it through this. Like this is, this is no big deal. What exactly happened that led to you losing everything? Well, everything happened all at one time. My restaurant franchise started losing money uh, hand over fist. My real estate properties went vacant and my tenants created um, a lot of damage in there. My marketing company wasn't making any money. And, and then the stock market hit. And it was it just completely rocked my world financially. Mm. Go back to that moment because, uh, like you said, you, you for someone who had his worth tied up in your work, this was really hard. When all of this hits and all of a sudden you realize you are upside down, what was going through your mind? What What am I going to do? I mean, I'm. It was. It's a weird place to say as someone who has is aggressive by nature, but I, I was scared. You know, as a man, you're. I'm looking at man, what can I do? I need to. I need to provide for a future family. I need to do this. And this was every, everything that I, I did was about me. And now I just lost all that. So what did that mean about me? And so I was doing a lot of soul searching on what that meant and just looking at like, am I going to go work here? Am I going to do this? Like, can I take a part-time job here? It was, it was scary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What happened next? So f- from there, I had to do a lot of soul searching of what do I like to do? And what does that mean for, for my surrounding world? And so again, the first, the first thing I had to do is go talk to my future bride, uh, which I knew there was something special about this girl that I was, we were probably going to end up getting married. And I had to go tell her that I, I was going to, I was losing everything and I had less than nothing. And once I was able to get through that and how she was able to just love on me through that, it, just allowed me to open up and just focus on the things that really mattered. And at that time, just kind of developing my spirituality, going through all that and what it looked like and setting a base, I really just started to realize what are the things that I enjoy most. I loved, I loved investing. I love marketing. I love business and I love people. And so the whole idea is what can I do to put those four things together, create a business and do what I love every single day? Mm-hmm. We fast forward to today. You have a very successful business, profitable. How many people do you have on your team? 15. 15 people. Uh, One of the things that when Jay said, oh yeah, Robert Fish, great, great guy. One of the things he really respects about you is um, number one, your spirituality and also how much you honor your family. And I, I see how easy it is to say yes to things, whether it be business, dinners, conferences, travel. 
you really keep the family at the center and you put your family first and you've created a culture that that's the standard. Talk to us a little bit about that. That to me is, I mean, that is the step one. Like if you, you, we have to love on our family and, and take care of them the best that we can. I think we all know that if there's something going on at home, um, it's hard to come to work and do something and, and love on other people when you're having those issues. And we still have our struggles and we'll go up and down. But man, when when you take the time to focus and to put that above everything else and you make sure that you're you're loving on home there, it's you just know that that intentionality, you're going to be able to do that and take that and you'll be able to affect everyone else that's around you. Because when someone is sapped with energy and, and all of a sudden it's just been sucked out of them, there's only so much much that you can actually give. And so we even look at that even in our company, like if there's something going on at home and you got to go do this, or there was a funeral somewhere or somebody is sick, like you have to take care of them. And when people see that heartbeat within your culture and they know that's the truth, and not only do you live it, but you allow them to live it as well. It changes, it changes the why it changes the purpose and they see, and they, and they tie in and they, and they believe in it and they want it more. I'm putting myself in the position of the person who's listened to this, Robert who goes, wow, I I would love to either work inside an organization or for my organization to be the type of place where people get to put family first, where it's family, then business in that order. The challenge is it's a big idea and we're not always sure where to begin. Go back to the moment when you're building your business and you realize this is something that matters to you and you're going to build around that. How did you do it? It happened when I was on vacation, and I didn't do this vacation very right, actually. I, I looked, <laughs> and, but because I did it wrong, it set me free from there forward. I remember being on vacation, and uh, at that time, it was probably one of the bigger deals that we had come into our company, and I was so excited for it, and this was going on. But because I left, the the client was calling me and doing all that stuff and I couldn't get back to him right away. And they decided to go do something else. So then I'm sitting here on vacation, almost in my head, one, first becoming a victim. And then two, looking at my family and going, gosh, because I'm here, I miss out on that. I remember sitting there and just feeling gross about me having this negative feeling about my family and becoming a victim to all these circumstances around me. And so I just, at that time, looked at everything and said, wait a second, my family is what matters most. And yeah, sure, this, this business would have been nice and all that kind of stuff, but I need to be here. And I just ruined this moment because of what has happened to me. So then I took a step back and I, I made two things. I made two changes. I made in my head that I knew that my family would always be a priority and whatever it took, I would be there. If I had to miss business, I had to miss business, but this is what it was going to be. And then on the business side, what I did is I just put systems in place for, hey, when this happens again or there's similar situations to this, here's how we circumvent that so we can actually get through that. And it's not just all about me. It's about something where we can serve other people even when I'm not here. Uh, when we put those two systems in place, it changed everything. I know from when we go into corporations and do training and just from talking to individuals, there's often this belief that if they get an email at six o'clock at night from their boss or from the CEO of the company or from a big customer or a phone call from a customer that they have to respond to it 
immediately. They have to stop focusing on family and they have to continue focusing on work. What did that look like for you? What were the systems that you put in place so that once you leave the office, it's family time? Well, and that first started with the mindset. I remember being up at 10 o'clock at night and had this other business guy kind of chewing me out, telling me how I'd never be successful in business because I won't work until midnight to get these certain deals done. And knowing that we were we were, we had a very blessed business even at that point, um, I looked at that and I said, I'm never going to make everyone happy. And so I looked at that and said, okay, this there's something has to change because here's what I'm realizing is my family went to bed without me. And now that caused tension. And everyone thinks that if I take that phone call or take that email now, I'm serving the client better. I'm serving the industry better or wherever it might be. But actually, I feel like you're doing the opposite. I feel like we're actually hurting ourselves and we're serving them less because now the next day, I'm less connected with my family. Maybe we even got in a fight over it. I come to work and I'm grumpy and I now need to serve my clients. I'm actually doing them a disservice by not making sure that I can unplug and actually be a business professional like we're supposed to be Mm. and take the time here, focus on one thing at a time. Here's a question for you who's listening to this. When in your life have you had tension at home? And as a result... You ended up carrying it with you into your job. It was in the back of your mind. Your energy was just different. And you weren't able to show up the best that it could be done as a result. It's easy to say that, yes, we always need to be on and available. And that's, quote, great service. What actually gets done that late at night? It's one thing to respond, but most of the work is going to wait until the next day anyways. And if it's going to create that tension, how does that affect the quality of you showing up as a professional the next day? So that's the mindset piece of it, right? Correct. What was next? Next was getting two sides, family side, business side, talking with your family, talking with your spouse and saying, here's the boundaries that we want to set up. Here are the times that it's okay to to counterbalance this way and then counterbalance back. And here's how we're going to do that. And the big thing at, at, at work is to come and create the system of um, set expectations. When you set expectations with the clients and you show, you'll always have to show what's in it for them. And for us to go and tell people about, hey, this is, you can, when, when every time they try to say something like, well, this person will do this at this time of night or they'll do this. And you have to come with the attitude of, you don't want that. You think you want that, but that's what you don't want. When that happens over time, this is what that creates. When this is what that creates, you get less service. And it's not even less service. People negotiate for you worse. People handle all your uh, transactions for you worse. They handle the whole process worse. And it creates a whole dynamic that makes it not good for what the customer is really looking for. Robert, can you give a specific example of what it looks like to set expectations so that people understand there's a time that you are available and there's a time that you're not? 
it's a simple dialogue of sitting down with them on the front end and saying, this is how we do business and this is why we do business this way. And we let them know, and I just don't want to ever tell someone a no. We let them know from the very beginning, here's our hours. We're going to be working from eight to six, but you don't just get one person's hours from eight to six. You actually get our whole team working for you during that time. So instead of getting one person's 40, 50, 60 hours a week of what you're getting, you might be getting 300 hours a week. And this is how, this is how we serve you. And then I don't know if you've ever worked with anyone that's ever been stressed out and how they respond and how they help you and what that looks like. (laughs) But I have. And what I've found is the people that are most stressed out is they probably have things going on in their lives. And when people can't take care of their home life, they're not going to be able to take care of their professional life. And so by us allowing us to team up and do this together, this is how we serve you at the highest level. I love that example. One of the things I'd like to talk about, Robert, when your team reached out to us and they were just sharing how much they respect you as a leader uh, because of the culture you've created, the fact that you support them putting their family first. I mean, you're taking your whole team to the goal setting retreat that we're doing in November. And the other thing that they brought up was a specific word, legacy. What exactly does it mean to you to leave a legacy with your business? Legacy to me in the business is is everything and why we do what we do. Uh, having purpose, you know, you spend most of your time at work, and so how do you create a purpose that people can believe in, and how do you allow them and invite them to be a part of it? I have this thing up on my wall which I just love, um, and it's just in my chicken scratch. But how do you take someone from a job to a career to a purpose to a ministry so they can be a part of leaving a legacy? Hmm. What does that look like in in the business? There are several ways you can do it. So now think about this, though. When you're thinking about leaving a legacy, who determines whether you left a legacy or not? You know, it's not something as if you care what a cow's opinion is. You do care about people. Not that you foster everything to it or you just bend to what everybody says, but people are what matter. And so as we see so much going on, because this is what I see going on in the business world right now that, that I feel like many business owners and people in business can actually make a difference. But I see three things. I see conglomerate buying conglomerate. I see technology continuing to be a barrier entry for small businesses. And I see more and more companies going public and using their their you know their stock money that may not may or may not have the valuation to buy and do anything they want to do. When that continues to happen, if you watch those trillions of dollars steamroll into the business world, how do you stop that? And if that becomes a true barrier to entry and it will, employees start to matter less. And then consumers start to matter less. And so what I try to do is I'm sharing with the team of like, no, you matter. And you matter because we need to go reach these other people because they matter. And really, it's taking the time to be a business that is not just about the bottom line. Because people want to believe in what they do every day. We want to go out and we want to go love on our customer regardless of the outcome. When we do that, that ripple effect goes beyond us. What are some of the things you've had to say no to so that you could say yes to keeping family and the customer at the center of everything you do? Distractions. Distractions come in all forms, whether it's, hey, with our business, we want to go do these other things as well. 
and get focused off our primary focus on what this looks like. Extracurricular activities in terms of when when my family needs me, sure, I want to go do X, Y, and Z, but I need to be there for my family first because if we just look to fulfilling being fun or going back to my story of just trying to earn money for that self-satisfaction, those things always fall short. And when those fall short, you you feel that. And then you, what's funny, when we, when we fall short in that, we feel like we need to drive harder in those areas because it is one of those things that we're like, we just got to grab on the more. I think it was Tony Robbins that said that probably the scariest place to be is not the person who set a goal and missed it, but the person who set a goal accomplish it and still wasn't satisfied. Mm. And so when you have your goal, it's here. And where, here's the funny thing about family is when I go to work, I have a very specific goal. I have a very specific target that I need to hit. And that's what we do. And that's what we go after at home. What does that look like? And so, so many times it's easier for us to allow family to kind of fade off a little bit because many times we don't have a specific goal. Eh, just have a good time. Be there when you can be there and, and see what happens from there. I'm going to pour into them, but what does that really even look like? Here, when I go to work, I can say, I need X, Y, and Z done. This is what we do. You have your business plan. And so when you find a way to put those two together and put in that as much effort as you do at work at home, it will just change everything. One of the things I've noticed, Robert, is in the day-to-day of running the business, it's so fast-paced. There's stimulus everywhere. It's very exciting. And then you walk into your house and family life is just a different speed. What does your transition look like going from being present in the business to then being present with your family? That is definitely not easy. Um, The transition (laughs) to me... (laughs) <laughs> so it's, um, that that's something I've had to work on and I've sought counsel on, um, you know, and this is where as you're pulling in, you know, business life, personal life and your spiritual life and putting those all together. But I pull into that driveway and I give myself some time to say, what can I do to make sure like I can be present with my family? get done with my uh, voicemails, get done with my phone conversations and be done. Click my phone off put it on vibrate and put it in a different spot and go in and just be with the family. And again, when there are, I mean, there are still times I don't do it right. Cause it's my mind is still clicking and I will get that either intentional or even unintentional feedback from my family. And that's when I know I'm missing the mark. Mm, yeah. This is something that I have been purposefully focusing on. I began to notice that, I would be taking calls on the way home or listening to an audiobook or a business podcast. And I would continue to listen as I walk in the door until the moment that, like, my daughter, my five year old, runs up to me and screams, Daddy, like, with so much excitement and gives me a hug that then I hang up the phone or stop listening to what I'm listening to. And all of a sudden, it's like, Oh, you're in the house and you never had time to truly transition. And I wondered why my mind was still in business and I was having a hard time being present. And the one thing that I could do such that by doing it made everything else easier or unnecessary initially was like you said, I pulled into the driveway, I parked and I remember closing my eyes and just meditating for about a minute, letting all the business things just leave, get it out, 
And then I started, I asked the question, what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it would make being present easier or unnecessary? And I visualized myself walking into the house. And that led to me then going on a 66-day challenge of when I walked in the house, I took my phone out of my pocket and put it face down in the office. If the phone ended up back in my pocket later at night, it was still a win for the day. I still earned my X on the 66-day challenge calendar, but I needed to develop the habit of getting my phone off my body. And that made everything else easier and necessary. Yeah, when you're running 100 miles per hour at work and then you come home and everything slows down and it's just different and it's more about just being versus task-driven, goal-driven, um, it's different. I mean, it's a slowdown. You have to shift your whole mindset and everything that you're doing. And the scary thing can be sometimes too is you come home and they're not living in that world. And the worst thing that we can do is continue to live in that world and just bulldoze through people because really that's the reason why we're doing it. And I feel like there are times with my personality where I just like to drive and just push and keep things moving forward that I forget that they don't live in this world every, every single day. Mm-hmm. And I am not a good leader if I don't find a way to do two things, slow down and live in their world. And then two, where necessary, I got to bring them with me. That's how you lead. If I can't lead them, it doesn't matter how big our business gets. I'm not leading the people that deserve to be led. Mm. So how do you bring them with you? And that's been a journey over the last uh, even five years as I saw that gap is you start to find the little things that of, hey, this is let's, let's do this together. Let's read this together. Hey, here's our big why. We're going to, to your event in November as a couple, and we're having all our team members bring their spouses as well so we can actually goal set together. Like this is something that was just a huge thing for us. I'm like, this is amazing. This is what we need to be a part of because they don't live this every day. If we can get everyone's spouses on board of why we're doing what we're doing, it'll just allow us to continue to, to drive when we need to drive and then love on our family when we need to do that. Yeah. For those of you who are interested, if you're if you want to learn more about our couples goal setting retreat, go to the one thing.com, click on the training tab and you'll see it there, or you can go to the one thing.com slash event and learn more. And um, it's not just for couples. We've got people who are bringing business partners or their teams like Robert is doing. Uh, you'll I think you'll be really pleased with what you find there. Robert, what do you say to that person who's listening to this? They know that they are very out of balance. Work is such a focus and things are not where they should be, whether that be in their health, their spirituality, their family life. What's the one thing they can do such that by doing it would make everything else easier or unnecessary? We all have to focus on the two things that matter most first, and that's your your, your family life and your spiritual life. If you can get that right, Um, I heard a wise man once say that you can get out of balance on a lot of things, but these two areas, you can only get out of balance for a very short period and you need to counterbalance very quickly. Work can go in this direction and that direction and back and forth, which is which is great. And you could be working extremely hard and then take a break. But you can't have those long periods in your family life and in your spiritual life. Mm. Well, Robert, thank you so much. I really appreciate, first and foremost, you being a fan of the book and and living it and coming on the show to share your journey. Awesome. Thank you for having me. 
Well, there you have it, our conversation with Robert Fisher. I love that moment when he realized that he was never going to make everyone happy. It was the night that his family went to bed without him. And Robert had a choice. Which type of person am I going to be? At the end of the day, there are the people that matter most to me. And then there's everyone else. Am I going to wake up every day serving and making the people that matter most to me happy? Or am I going to wake up every day sacrificing the people that matter most for everyone else? When you pull it back like that, it seems really simple. It challenges so many of us, huh? I don't know about you. I was never taught this in school. And we've been so career-focused and so driven to achieve extraordinary results that it can be easy to lose sight of what matters most. And that's the beauty of the one thing. This is a chance for us to come together and to pause and get clarity, to look inward and ask, how am I doing? And where can I be doing better? So our question for you is, how are you doing? And where can you be doing better? What's the one thing you can do such that by doing it would make putting family first and building a great business easier or unnecessary? We hope that you're the type of person that will actually pause this episode and drill that question until you get an answer. And then ask the question again. What's the one thing I can do such that by doing it would make that easier unnecessary? And keep asking the question until you get an answer that is so simple, so small, that you feel like, you know what? I can do that. That's the moment that you found the lead domino. Then it's a matter of will you go on a 66-day challenge to doing and knocking that lead domino down every single day for the next 66 days and until it becomes a habit, meaning it requires a little effort. It requires a little willpower. You just do it. And that's when you begin your journey to achieving extraordinary results. Thank you for listening to The One Thing Podcast. If you are not yet subscribed please click that button so all future episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device. And thank you to those of you who have left us a rating and review recently. Sean, we saw your review saying, OMG, I got shivers down my spine after listening to the episode with Keith Cunningham. Thomas, thank you for falling in love with this podcast. And we appreciate that you think this is one of the best ones you've come across when it comes to self-development. If you have not yet left us a rating review, please do so. We read every single one. It helps us reach more people and also helps us know what we're doing well so we can do more of it. We hope that you will consider joining us in November for our couple's One Thing goal-setting retreat by going to theonething.com slash event. That's theonething.com slash event. Learn more. At a bare minimum, learn about the model and what we do here. Whether you choose to join us in Austin or whether you choose to do a retreat on your own, we hope that you're the type of person who takes action. Thanks so much, and we look forward to being with you in the next episode. 